Hello and welcome to episode 579 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan. It is, of course, time for the weekly show you cannot live without, Market Monday. Each Monday, I go over the biggest risers and fallers from the previous seven days. In average draft position, discuss whether I'm buying or selling these players at their new prices. Idea is to get you up to speed very quickly on what's happening in the best ball markets. Before we get into it, reminder that if you are the type of person listening to a fantasy football market update podcast right now in July, you should be putting your knowledge to work at Underdog Fantasy. Tons of best ball action, including Best Ball Mania 4, that $25 buy-in with an insane $15 million prize pool. Use promo code ETR when you sign up for a $100 matching sign-up bonus. That's promo code ETR at underdogfantasy.com. Also, want to remind everyone that our bundle is now officially live. Combines Established Runs Draft Kit Pro with our in-season package. That bundle is the cheapest it will be all year. Check it out on the subscribe page on ETR. All right, let's begin with the biggest best ball risers from the last seven days. Want to start with this Damian Harris, Latavius Murray situation up in Buffalo. There has been no movement on ADP yet, but I wanted to get in front of this one because I suspect that the ADP movement is coming. On Sunday night, while the rest of you were partaking in July 4th weekend shenanigans and having the sex, etc., I was tweeting about the Bills' 1B job behind James Cook. It's pathetic, I know, but I do think that this is a really interesting spot. The Bills clearly want a big back compliment to James Cook. They signed Damian Harris for $1.4 million guaranteed. They signed Latavius Murray for eight hundred dollars guaranteed. Cook does not profile as a short yardage or goal line back for a team that's going to score a lot of touchdowns. Now, what's notable is that the market was in on this role. Damian Harris's average draft position on underdog was 114th overall. That's pretty high. And, and that assumed or assumes that Harris undoubtedly 100% will be the big back and get eight to 10 carries per game, handle the goal line work. If that's 100% true, if that's going to be his role for sure, I agree. 114 is a good bet on Damian Harris. And honestly, that, that was my assumption. That was my assumption too. But been hearing some whispers about Latavius Murray, who I personally have underrated, you know, just far too often. As recently as last year, when he was 5K on DraftKings repeatedly and had the Broncos running back role all to himself, I now waived it week after week. And he was really good for the Broncos in 12 appearances, despite the mess of a situation there. Average 4.4 yards per carry, scores five touchdowns, 200-yard games, 2.2 catches per game. I mean, Latavius, a lot of weeks, just shoved it right down my gullet when I faded him. So look, D Damian Harris is 26 years old. The Bills have invested more money on him than Latavius. I think at this point, Damian Harris is the better runner. But I'm a bit scarred by previous Latavius Murray fades. And Joe Biscalgia from The Athletics says that this is going to be a competition decided in training camp. So at the very least, I'd wait for Damian Harris's ADP to tank a bit on this news before drafting him. You know, something around 125 to 130 overall bakes in more of that Latavius Murray risk than obviously the 114 does. Second riser I want to talk about is Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick is up 31 spots into the 19th round on FFPC. He's up 15 spots on underdog into the 16th round. He's up 14 spots on DraftKings into the 17th round. This is all related to a report from NFL Network's James Palmer. Palmer said, and I quote, multiple people, multiple people in the Broncos building 
believe Tim Patrick is the best football player in the team's wide receiver room. These, you know, reports, and I use that term loosely, don't really mean too much to me, I don't think, but they do swing ADPs wildly this time of year. That said, I've always liked Tim Patrick. He's consistently been underrated. He can play for sure. Remember, he tore his ACL at training camp last year on August 2nd. So he'll be more than a year removed from that. The biggest problem here, though, is it's just so crowded and it remains unclear how effective Russ Wilson can be. We're talking Jerry Judy, Corlton Sutton, Tim Patrick. Uh, Sean Payton's talked up using Greg Dolchich in a Joker role. Sean Payton's first draft with the Broncos, by the way, first pick, he trades up to get Marvin Mims. So, you know, given all this, I actually still think it's possible Cortland Sutton gets traded. But if not, man, it's just so crowded. And I think that James Palmer report, it could speak to that the coaches love Patrick as a blocker. Oh, on the Russ stuff. So, yeah, I, I think Sean Payton will help, no doubt. You saw even the last two games of last year, just ridding themselves, the Broncos ridding themselves from Nathaniel Hackett's doltiness made a huge difference. But I still hesitate to say that Russ will give Sean Payton and the Broncos anything more than league average quarterback play. So in a crowded room, given Russ's situation, the 16th round for Tim Patrick, I think that's just a bit too steep for me right now. Final riser I want to talk about is Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker is up 10.9 spots on DraftKings into the 18th round. He's really up everywhere. He's up nine spots on underdog into the 18th round as well. This is drafters reacting to the Devontae Parker contract news. And I want to be clear, I want to be clear that was absolutely unequivocally fake news. You know, the headline, which which was clearly fed to Ian Rappaport by Devontae Parker's agent, you know, the the headline read, Oh, new year, new contract for Devontae Parker, three-year contract worth up to 33 million, includes 14 million in guarantees. I mean, just ridiculous fake news. Dude is 30 years old, has one NFL season with 800 plus yards, only played around half the snaps last year, and only earned 3.6 targets per game, despite a weak wide receiver core. In reality, this contract looks like one of those get paid as you perform contracts. If Parker makes the all pro team, you know, if he goes off, yeah, he'll get all the money. Otherwise, you know, he's dusted. He's not going to get much. It's basically a fancy way for the Patriots to make sure they don't overpay for this guy, but they also don't have to cut him. So no, I do not think that this contract or quote unquote news should have moved Devontae Parker's ADP more than slightly. You know, now we know he'll be on the team and he can earn a role, but the ADP moved way too significantly. I'd also add that I don't think this changes anything with regards to the Patriots pursuit of DeAndre Hopkins. Patriots are still the betting favorite to land DeAndre Hopkins, although I think the Titans, Lions, Browns, Bills, I wouldn't rule any of those teams out. All right, let's get to this week's fallers. First one I want to talk about is TJ Hawkinson. He's down one spot to 53rd overall on underdog. You know, one spot, obviously not much movement on Hawkinson, but I'm just surprised he's trending down at all. To me, he's the clear non-Kelsey Andrews tight end that can actually get enough volume to finish as the tight end one this year. And I know Leone and Ben Gretsch talked about this on their projections preview pod uh, on Establish the Edge, which by the way, I highly, highly, highly recommend. But man, Hawkinson's role was so absurd once he got to the Vikings last year. You know, almost Kelsey-esque. In 10 games with Minnesota, Hawkinson saw a 22.6% target share 
for 8.6 targets per game. ADOT was right there with Kelsey, 7.7 yard ADOT. Hawkinson averaged six catches, 52 yards, 0.3 touchdowns per game. And that doesn't even count the 10-129-0 he went for in that playoff game against the Giants. Now, yes, the Vikings added Jordan Addison in round one. But don't forget that Adam Thielen averaged 6.3 targets per game last year. Obviously, I think Jordan Addison is better, but earning seven targets per game as a rookie with all the target competition that Addison will face, that's a bit of a stretch for me. So yes, I am in on Hawkinson in that early fifth round, fourth, fourth, fifth turn. I don't think it's a huge stretch to think that he can outscore Kelsey and Andrews this year, or at least keep it close, you know? Just such an awesome spot for the Vikings offense and the Vikings pass game. All the attention Justin Jefferson draws, playing in the dome. It's just a good spot. Second and final faller I want to mention is Anthony Richardson. He is down 7.2 spots on FFPC to the late ninth round, 105th overall. The Anthony Richardson stuff has been so tough for me in redraft. Just really tough to get a handle on. The range of outcomes on this guy is so, so wide. I would say anything from Gardner Minshew starting a bunch of games to Richardson starting week one and running for a thousand yards and throwing for 3000, like any of those and anything in between, I think is all on the table. And when we talk about projections or rankings, this is why it's important to understand that not all projections are created equal. For example, we feel incredibly good about our Joe Burrow projection. The inputs are almost certainly very close to right. The team inputs are almost certainly very close to right because we have such a massive sample of the Bengals and Joe Burrow playing together. But on Anthony Richardson, the range of outcomes on the inputs, just for him, you know, pass rate, completion percentage, A dot is so wide. Same with the team ones. So, so far, I actually haven't taken much of Anthony Richardson because he's been so expensive. But as I've said before, I think casual people just hate this guy. I mean, recreational fantasy players just hate this guy. The draft season, real NFL draft season was just ridiculous. People were like angered and hateful toward anyone suggesting that A-Rich was worth a top five pick in the real draft because they watched some Florida games and saw him miss some throws. So I think this fall in ADP that we're seeing now, I think it's just the beginning. I want some Richardson exposure, but I think come August and September, that exposure will be way cheaper. All right. That's going to do it for this week's Market Monday. Thanks to all of you for listening. Hope you are having a great, great, great July 4th. If you have not subscribed yet to the Establishment Run Podcast, be sure you are by searching for it anywhere podcasts are found. Also, be sure you're following me on Twitter for a ton more player takes at Adam Levitan. We'll be back later this week with Silva and Leone to do, I think, a three-part, either two or three-part man versus machine, an epic battle as they'll defend their rankings. Four. Producer Luke, for King Editor Jackson Kane, for the most beautiful beast in the world, Jerry. I am Adam. Good luck, everybody. Mm-hmm.